one thing that I see in every single place is that people are ready to make mm. change. People are looking at the consequences and sometimes it's more a matter of not knowing what to do than not caring. And we mm. we do get bombarded a lot with the bad and the negative and everything's collapsing and climate change is just going to destroy the world in 10 years. And that can be as well too heavy to carry when you're already carrying the care of your family. It can be too much. It's like, why Why will I even do something if this is such a big issue? So I might just well disconnect and leave it be. And it doesn't, I think it doesn't have to be like that. There's so much beauty at stake that that's what we should be focusing on. Have you ever wondered how a kangaroo can live in a tree? What about crocodiles and how they can stay underwater for hours at a time and not be seen? Maybe what keeps you up at night is your thoughts of how box jellyfish can be the most venomous animal in the whole world towards humans. Or is it your curiosity of what really goes on inside that caterpillar cocoon for a magnificent stunning butterfly to emerge? Well, don't worry, as I have all your questions answered and much, much more with our following wild chats. I am going to bring you the most amazing guests. Hey everyone, my name is Jodie Creek and I'm a wildlife educator and huge advocate for Australian animals. And of course their habitats and ecosystems as well. But what I'm truly passionate about is bringing you information that you need to connect with the natural world. So someone once said to me that I may not be able to change the world, but I can change the world around me. So let's hope that we can inspire you to make change at home and therefore together we do actually change the world. So get that cup of tea ready and enjoy the following wild chats. Elizabeth, how are you going? Hi, good. Super excited to be here with you. Oh, I'm excited for our chat. Now we actually had a little bit of a chat the other day and I was like, oh, we should have been recording this one. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so juicy and good. So Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So thank you for coming back because I was like, I have to get you on our podcast. So everyone, I have Elizabeth Tovar. Did I say that correct? Perfectly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you love to be called Lizzie, so I'm going to call you Lizzie if that's okay. Um, so Lizzie, I... I was totally drawn to you because I was listening to some of your talks and you were, we've, we've kind of crossed paths during some uh, NLP coaching and also through the conscious um, kind of world or the, the you know, that, that group of people that get together and have just really good friggin' real chats. And I was really drawn to you because you were talking about nature and how that kind of fits in with, with humans and how we can use it for our mental health and, and so forth. I'm going to come back to that because that's why I was drawn to you, but I feel that you have some good juiciness to share of, around that and where you're kind of heading to. But first of all, I think you uh, really need to introduce yourself. Uh, where have you come from? What have you done? What's your plan? Yeah, just just talk to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, for sure. Um, it's a, a long story, a long journey, and there's a lot of little bits and pieces that have kind of come together to perfect that have led me to where I am. Uh, so I'm originally from Mexico. I was born in the U.S., so I, like grew up in Mexico, Mexican family, and everything. 
And I grew up really close to the beach and always where there was a lot of uh, contact with nature. Like we would go out camping and to the beach and uh, to the forest. Like Mexico is very rich in that way. So you just go out of the city a little bit and you find this like beautiful, magical places. And I guess since really little, I just had this obsession <laughs> with nature and with wildlife. And as I grew up, I knew that I wanted to do something related with nature. Um, I just wasn't 100% sure. Like growing up, I went into a lot of different fields. And suddenly, somehow, I ended, ended up studying a bachelor in oceanography. And I was obsessed i was you know like the, the student that sits in the front and asks a hundred million questions and it's super annoying <laughs> that was me. i love that that's cool <laughs> that was me i was just obsessed with absolutely everything that i was learning and at the beginning you know like i didn't really have a, much of an idea what i wanted to do with that i just realized how how needed it was to figure out what what were we doing with resources that it was just causing so much damage and how our way of life is having such a big impact on the environment. So at first I thought that I wanted to go into like fisheries management, resource management. I just wasn't sure. So yeah, I, I did my bachelor's. I worked with some consultancy agencies in Mexico, uh, did a lot of work with like fishermen and small communities there. And then I started working with a professor at uni and I did my thesis, um, my RNRS thesis on a small community where they had this beautiful lagoon where they were growing oysters and the whole town, it's like, that's like their, their main source of income. So they were overloading um, the amount of oysters that they were getting out of there. So they hired me to kind of like, Get a, do an assessment uh, of the area and see how it was doing and how how much more pressure they could put on before they would collapse the whole thing. So that's mm, yeah, right. yeah, it was really interesting. And the whole system is it um is very profitable because you don't need to put any food or clean anything. Like the the dynamics, the hydrodynamics does the whole thing for uh, for the industry. So it's really really profitable. And I guess that was the first time when I realized how the little actions that we do can have a really big impact in communities. And sometimes when we don't take care of those fine lines and we don't see the small print, that's when big issues come along the line. So that, mm. that just opened my mind in so many different ways. Well, they're there to put food on the table, right? Like, yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's something I, I, I feel that, um, and again, generalizing here, but it, people forget about that. Mm. So it's like, well, if you're, if you are actually put into a position yourself to put food on the table for your family and you needed to go out and actually do things within nature that's not the best impact, I'm sure you're still going to do it because it then becomes about you personally and your family. So I think that's really important um, that we do remember, um, yeah, the impact of the communities and why they're doing what they're doing. Yes, 100%. So I think that's important. And that, that was like the, um, the key factor there, you know, like we, they wanted more for the community. However, they were 
not doing it in a way that was actually give them more in a long-term basis. So yeah, it was very interesting to see that whole dynamic. And mm-hmm. from that, I just wanted to work with other, other projects that have similar um, approach. And after I finished uni, I moved to the U.S. I was hired by this company that were doing an ocean re-enhancement uh, project where the same, well, they had a, it was up in, in California, Southern California. And the, the project was meant to repopulate a endemic fish species that the fisheries would, again, having a lot, like a really big, impact so around the 70s 80s they saw a massive collapse uh, of those fisheries so they were they were trying to rebuild the communities so that they would on their own be sustainable mm. and was that due to the overfishing or what was that due to yes mainly the the overfishing along along the years from the communities in a small scale kind of fishing boat or are we talking about like the it was mainly the like the small small skill um okay and and the fish just didn't have enough time to then replenish for them to then go back out fishing again and the, the the communities didn't understand that life cycle is that is that what you found was the big problem with that yes 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 at the beginning it was like a hundred percent like the lack of understanding of the the species and not knowing their their cycles and how they migrate and um the areas where where they they live and the whole dynamic um so along the years this research institute did a lot of work in trying to understand them and would that create the the re-enhancement program to see one to grow the fish in a hatchery system and then another one is when putting them back where would be the strategic areas so mm-hmm. that fish are migrating properly and you don't create like a genetic Mess in there, making sure that everything's spread out along the coast and um, in those places where they will benefit from more of an enclosed area on the coast, so that they can grow and finish their well, not finish like get into the an, an age where they can reproduce and then keep the mm. cycle going. I have a question in regards to the re like replenishing stock and putting it back in, out into the wild. So if if it's been um, if the stock has been quite low out in the wild for for quite some time, don't then the the life cycle and the the whole food chain just kind of do their thing to then re-establish itself at the current level, which is depleted um, for that particular fish. So therefore, the other fish and the crabs and the sharks and all that sort of it, it, it's affected to start off with, and and for, for however long I'm I'm unsure, but I'm just using this as an example. And then you, so then the whole um, food chain kind of stabilizes a little bit after that big shake around. How does that then affect you um, putting all the fish stock back in to the food chain that's kind of stabilized after realizing a certain fish has been removed? Does d- does that make sense with my question? Yeah, yeah. Or I was all over the place. But. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think one of the the issues in this case is that the stock disappears in such a such a fast rate that the other species have a really hard time adapting since it's not okay. like a natural uh extraction mm. of the species then the other ones they are resilient but you do see uh 
a decrease on the other ones that I'll as well depend on on this. Mm. So it's a fine line, and that's why it's so important to have like the the research and the knowledge behind it that is sustaining every step, everything that they were doing. Mm needed a, a big chunk of, of information to make sure that those um, like other species are not being affected. Yeah. Like, as I said, genetically, you're not uh, creating an, an issue that when you're extracting the broodstock, the fish uh, that you, you needed to repopulate that they're also at a, at a good age that are, uh, healthy animals so there's a lot that goes that goes into it and it is a very like a very delicate intricate process as well you have to have like mm. a holistic knowledge of the- yeah I can imagine because mm. and and it will be quite some time to get to that point but then did you guys also still at the same time work with the community to educate them about why and what was happening and then what you guys are then coming in to, to actually do to help with the fish stock, which then in the end would actually help help the communities? Like what did that look like from a community perspective as well? Yes, definitely. One of the main uh, group of people that was involved in care of the fish once they were out in the, the ocean was local uh, fishermen. So that way, you know, you create that kind of like that bond with with the organism, with the species, with the project, with everything. And that's the first step on getting them on board on what you're what you're doing. Otherwise for them it's just another fish to catch. Mm. So we want to steer away from from that and create that uh, that that connection with them. So that gives them that sense of ownership and they feel like they're stewards of the protection and the regeneration of the of these populations. So they, they are very involved. Also local schools would also participate. A lot of information would go into the, the community, the people working at the research Institute as well. They, they set up campaigns and they have like booths all over the, the County. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of knowledge being spread so that people actually know what's, what's happening. However, I do think that it's still trying to fill a bucket with a hole in the bottom. <laughs> it is, yeah, it does a lot of help. Mm. And the idea is to eventually pull back and, you know, cut the project so that the species can do the work on, on, its, on its own and you don't have to be manually, physically assisting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. And this, this project the one that I was in particularly had been running for many, many years. So it's just not like being able to, to understand. And it's, it's the hard part of it is that it's always, it's a moving entity all the time. Like if you have an El Nino one year, then your success might not be as good as you projected. And then if you adjust a little bit and then next year is La Nina, then you're everything kind of changes so all those things are mm. always fluctuating and you have to be really um aware of of, of those those move like natural occurrences mm. and how how we do things if someone decides to build a marina next to the area where you have your fish then what are you going to do with those net pens move them 
have like all this plan B project. So a lot of risk assessment yeah. as well. So what did you find was the biggest um, the ho- the biggest holes? Because you were saying it's kind of like filling a bucket up with holes. So for you to be able to leave that project um, because it wasn't correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't in line with what you actually want to be doing. So what was the, what was the holes that you just felt, uh, I just, yeah, you're just going around in circles. There's, there's, um, not much sort of big differences happening here or, or long-term or so forth. So share with us a little bit about those holes, if you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, a little bit of was that, uh, awareness of the community there was something that I, I felt it was there was missing uh, and at that time I was a lot younger and I couldn't really you know like less experience hadn't seen a lot of things didn't really understand uh, the industry that well and I did notice that there was a disconnection between mm-hmm. yeah the community and the project we were in this area where uh, a lot of people would come and ask, like, oh, what are you doing here? It's like, we've been living here for 20, 30 years, and we had no idea that you were doing this. And it's like, how uh, how is that possible? And so I, I would see as an insider all the work that people in their institute are doing t- to put information out there. And then I would get all these comments from the community that they had no idea that this existed. So it's oh, like, that is a big problem. <laughs> that's a massive issue. <laughs> so I was like, why are we not being able to communicate? And that's one uh, as well. You know, it's like light bulbs along the way. There is, mm. We're not speaking the same language. We are not addressing the people that we need to address to get to the like the real problem that's gonna you know potentially fix this it's great that we're doing all this work and the intention it's amazing and it does have like a lot of a lot of benefits and the results have been great however it's a project that's been running for so long what are the different things that we can do now that are gonna Mm. to the next to the next level do you feel that that's also a similar issue that we have currently today in 2021 in regards to other projects that may be going on is there do you feel that there is a disconnection between a project and then a community or the or the awareness just in general um with people and and the 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 impacts we may be having because we hear a lot on the news we hear well I don't watch the news but you know what I mean like the media side of things um, TV documentaries, you know, we've just everyone's just seen that documentary Seaspiracy, and it's all over my Facebook of what people are saying and feeling. And um, is it real? Is it not? Does this happen? Does it not? Um, so we're seeing a lot of things everywhere. Um, there's projects that will pop up, but is it that we're still not getting to the actual root cause of the issues? We're just putting band-aids over the top of things, um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think in regards to current twenty twenty-one projects? And is there still a disconnection that you're seeing? And um, uh, what's some ideas of, of yeah, 
I personally think there's still some disconnection, absolutely, (laughs) because it it comes down to the community thing um, in regards to, well, the community needs to know why we need to replenish these fish because really I actually need money to put food on the table to make sure my kids survive, get to school, have clothes. And so now currently in 2021, we're all like, okay, cool. We do realize the the issues we have here in the world or maybe within your particular area. Let's talk about crocodiles in North Queensland as an example. Yet, cool, that's an issue. But why should I care Mm. about whether crocodiles are in my river systems when really I actually want to enjoy the river system and swim? I also want to take my kids out in nature and enjoy it but not get eaten by a crocodile. And then why, why, why should I care about whether or not I'm coming home with a bunch of plastic or a, or spraying chemicals in my backyard because really I don't have time and I just need to get rid of my weeds or I just need to get this shopping and the kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like, well, how how are we, yeah, I, I just feel like there's, there's a lot missing in regards to some of the big projects or, or small projects and getting to the root cause totally took away the frame from you then yeah share that's your thoughts I know it's uh for a lot of people for us that we work with the in the environment with the environment and uh we see the effort and the energy and all the love that it's poured into these projects and we come out of the project or that bubble and we see the world as we see it or we get the input and it can be really disheartening, can be really like a punch in the gut sometimes. And it's like, like, where is it? What's happening? And I mean, I wish I had like the, the answer. Um, And I think a lot of it is that that a hundred percent, I agree with you that there's a massive disconnection between what, people are doing and what people perceive on the other side. And I think mm-hmm. a, a lot of it is it's, it's too far away from our reality. You know, for us, it's very easy here in Australia to go and buy a fish at Coles, if that's what you do, you know, or I know. <laughs> or, don't do that. Please don't, don't do that. that. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Something as simple as turn the tap water and the water is gushing, you know, there are places where they do not have the luxury. So how can we talk to people about Mm. a water issue when they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's really bad. However, Mm. let me just leave this tap open while I brush my teeth and I, while I, you know, turn around and forgot something, come back in and the water is still coming out. So that's that's one thing, the disconnection with the issue and the consequence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on the flip side, the disconnection with the benefit and the beautiful gift that nature is as, as it is and that we are part of nature. We're not separate. It's not like we're protecting it. We are, mm. you know, caring for ourselves, our well-being. And it's like, why should you care? Because if we keep doing the things that we're doing, then 10 years from now, it's going to be even harder to feed your kids. Uh, your kids are going to be in an environment where they, the air quality is just 
you know, discussing and um, health-wise as well. Like I've been, after I, I did that in San Diego, I've been traveling to different places, working with um, different pro projects all over the world. And one thing that I see in every single place is that people are ready to make mm. change. People are looking at the consequences And sometimes it's more a matter of not knowing what to do than not caring. And we, mm. we do get bombarded a lot with the bad and the negative and everything's collapsing and climate change is just going to destroy the world in 10 years. And that can be as well too heavy to carry when you're already carrying the care of your family. <laughs> It can be too much. It's like, why Why will I even do something if this is such a big issue? So I might just well disconnect and leave it be. And it doesn't, I think it doesn't have to be like that. There's so much beauty at stake that that's what we should be focusing on. And creating, you know, what you focus on, where energy goes, energy flows. So we keep mm. focusing on what is wrong and looking and pinpointing whose fault is it and what I can do. It's it's not enough or I cannot do all that, blah, blah, blah. It's like just focus on the little bit that you can do. And once you start pulling that little thread, it just starts, everything else starts coming in because it, it that's when it actually becomes part of your reality. You know, I mm. see the benefit of... Um, eating healthier, giving better food to my kids, then I see that they're, they don't get sick as often. So that's saving me a lot of money in medicines or remedies or whatever it is that you do. And then that leads to, well, then what am I using in the house to, to clean the house? What's going down the drain that's going into the river? But then that water is the same water that I'm drinking. So everything is just a cycle and it's connected. So I think directing our attention and communicating those things where where we we all come to unity, I think it's a much better approach than the opposite of just putting pieces on the table and trying to dissect them even more. It just makes it very, very heavy, very complex. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it is it is very heavy. I do find it at times uh, at the back of my my mind, mm. you know, things like that. And I just I'm just on, on mission mode and I just need to get through my day and I'm really busy with work and I've got some great events on and, and then kids also, they would like to go to the park and then we need to do this and then I need to drop into the shops and get shopping. Oh, I forgot my bags and, you know, just things things just happen, life happens. Yeah. However, I think I love what you said. It's like we definitely don't want to talk too much and concentrate too much on the negative because, like you said, where um, energy goes, uh, what is it? What, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> energy goes, energy flows. Um I think it's important to still have that, that knowing, but then cool, what can we do? Little tiny steps to mm. make little differences because a lot of people say, and people say this to me all the time, and I'm sure you get this too, Lizzie, but they're like, well, what does it matter if I, if I'm the only one who's not using a straw in my household or in my community when everyone else is? Um, and when you when you think of the amount of people worldwide or even within um, Australia, well, you are actually making a difference. Yes. Um, and and I think 
I think this attachment of needing to know, well, what difference am I making? We need to drop it because mm-hmm. it's very hard to measure. Like, how do you even measure that? Yes. It's, it's, it's like you can have an idea. You can go, yeah, cool. I probably use maybe a plastic straw once a month. So yeah, cool. I've reduced 12 out of um, landfill or whatever, but we don't really, unless you sit down and really do all the, the research and the study and you're talking to this person and this community and so forth, you're not really going to know the massive impact you personally will have. Just have faith that you are actually making a difference. A very quick announcement to make that I'm so excited. Our home education virtual portal is up and running and you can visit that at www.australianwildlifeeducation.com and if you are a parent or you know other parents who have children ages 4 to 12, this one is specifically for them and they get to learn more about Australian wildlife. Make a difference within your home. And this is what I say to a lot of people is like, don't worry about what your neighbours are doing. Don't worry about necessarily what the world is doing at the moment. Just concentrate on your home and the impact and the difference you can make there. And then you're a leader to then inspire other families or other people to do the same. And perfect. Uh, Away it goes and together change is happening. But, um, but yeah, just dropping that, that attachment. It's, it's um it's something we always we, we we feel we need to know. I need to know this. I need to know that. Yeah, we? <laughs> and then yeah, I know. And then the whole idea with, and I mean, I, I was guilty of this thinking that you have to change the world. And it's like who tasks you with this? That's a really <laughs> big task. Oh, that's yeah. a big responsibility. Yeah. No, we as, as environmentalists, we do not have to change the world. We have to change what we're doing, how we're doing things and then let it trickle to wherever it needs to trickle. And that's one of the mm. things that as well, I've learned, like you never know who's, who's watching. Um, yes, exactly. You know, like kids absorb things. So if you are just doing what you can at home and mm. voicing the reason why you're doing it, it's more important that the actual straw that you took out of the landfill whereas it is important however that resonance that that ripple effect it can be gigantic and Mm. yeah even I remember I was traveling and I was living in this co-living space Uh, we had a Chinese restaurant in the (laughs) in the bottom of the building and where was I I think it was in Thailand there's so much plastic everything goes in plastic in Thailand like they put yes a drop of soy in plastic and they they do this because they think it's they're providing a service so i would come down with my bowl and then just have them cook my dinner and put it in the bowl and they were like no 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 we have plastic it's okay and i'm like no that's mm-hmm. fine i want the bowl <laughs> like I, I i just don't need the the plastic i'm just going to eat upstairs in my living room and then mm. people from the without me having to say absolutely anything the people that are were living in the the same the co-living space they would eventually also come down and see like oh i hadn't thought about that i'll bring my own bowl like why would it do we eat all this stuff so something as small as that and that eventuated in one of the women uh that was living there she now has um She's creating a website about sustainability. So she was like, that was 
an eye opener for me. And I, I want to write about this and make sure that a lot of people understand the issues and that especially she's, she's been traveling for like five, six years or something. So especially in the traveling community, uh, it's like now mm-hmm. I have a lot of reach and I want to make sure that this information goes out to people. So mm. just by, you know, having dinner in a different way, doing what you do, you don't have to go yeah. out there and change something gigantic. So yeah, love that. Love it. Yeah. It's just yeah. little things. That's perfect. Mm. So Lizzie, how did you get to Australia? What brought you to Australia? So you've, cause it sounds like you've traveled a lot, um, doing all sorts of different projects and working with different communities and so forth. But so what, what drew you to here though? Because yeah. you're on the Gold Coast, is that right? Are you on the yeah. Gold Coast? Yeah, baby. Yeah, Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I after working in the hatchery for a few years, I started as a technician, just feeding the fish, cleaning pool all day, and kind of making my way up. <laughs> and yeah, the work in the environment sometimes is not as glamorous as we think. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, there was a lot of uh, fish slime and scales on my eyelashes, and it was, yeah, it was beautiful. So towards the end, well, I I ended up uh, as an assistant manager at the hatchery, and all of our systems were connected to satellites. We had this kind of like um, remote system. So long story short, I was working... I, it felt like you, you're working 24-7 because if anything happen, happens, you have to drop whatever you're doing and go and attend to the fish. If the oxygen levels are low, if the pipe is clogged, blah, blah, blah. So I just needed a little bit of a, a break from that. And I decided to get a working holiday to come to Australia for four months. I was just like, that's all I need in Australia. Uh, again, nature, I would love to see it, see the, the Great Barrier Reef. So I came down here, and as many people, I absolutely fell in love with this place. <laughs> it's so beautiful, and ended up staying for two years the first time. Um, yeah, and then I, I did some traveling and left for another two years, went back home for a little while and whatnot. And while I was traveling, I lived in Asia. Uh, I was just traveling around there for about a year. And while I was there, a woman contacted me here that she needed someone to write uh, courses for marine conservation in the vocational, for the vocational education system. So yeah, cool. Yeah, she she called me back. She called me in, and we sorted things out. And yeah, that's how I ended up back here again. And I've been here for another almost two years now. Awesome. Yeah. And how can you not love it? It is beautiful. Oh I just cannot mm. love this place. And I'm like, every single time that I go to a new place, explore a little area, even here in south queensland there's just so much to see and i live really close to the beach so it's just so so beautiful to have have that so close yeah yeah for sure 
I agree. I agree. I mean, I've done a little bit of traveling overseas, but I, I definitely love home. Um, Australia is just beautiful. And I love our diverse um, ecosystems. It's just yes. crazy. It's such a huge country and we just have so much going on. And I get, I get that from visitors who come here and they're like, you can drive two hours that way and you're in the desert. And then you can come two hours south and then you're, you're in like a, a forest and it's just crazy. So one thing I want to go back to with what you said, Lizzie, is that we are part of nature. Mm. And you also said, so why should we care? One thing is um, we are part of nature. Can you can you share with with me and the and the listeners what 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 you mean behind all of that? Yeah, it's a hundred percent. I guess a, a lot of growing up and hearing a lot of things. It's like we are told that we're humans are. A species here and we do our thing and we have all this technology development we do life for busy people we you know everything that's supposed to be life and we end up mm. living in in cities or inside of a, a house made out of concrete we wear shoes so we end up separating ourselves from from the organic living matter that is that's <laughs> around us all the time you know um whereas if you if we take away all of that we are no different than a tree or than a fish or than a kangaroo kangaroo or anything else uh we've just created this idea that we are separate and that we we even, you know, fear sometimes nature or we think that we're not connected or that we are not, um, that there's no bond or no, no link to it. If you live in mm. New York City and you work up in the, one of those gigantic buildings, what is like, what is nature to someone like that? So it's like, mm. it goes back to why would I care if I'm here in this concrete jungle? It's like because you are matter, you're made out of the same elements that everything on earth is made. So yeah. everything that's happening also it's not like for example, we don't have um boundaries in nature as the ones that we put here. Like this is where my house is, this is mine, and that's where yours starts. So just put a big fence and there's no such thing in nature. <laughs> So that goes mm. with a human being. There's no such thing as a boundary around us. We just think we've, we've made this idea that we we have that that separation. So for me, mm. I think a really big thing that we've, we've forgotten for many, many years. And it's so important because it, it comes back to to the health that we that that keeps us going you know like this spiritual mental physical everything comes back to to that mm. I loved what you said before like you know we we wear shoes I love it it's like it's like yeah when you said that I was like yeah you're right because um it, it's it's all about that 
and, and it's interesting because they're they're rubber sold. Yeah. Um, they're not like the the leather or the um that kind of thing anymore. So it's there there is literally no no connection with nature when you're wearing your shoes in regards to that that bit of plastic in between. Yeah. Um why why do you feel as it's important for us to actually walk around and take your shoes off like yeah feel feel the the earth under your feet connect with it that way um yeah what what do you think about that because I mean straight away when I think of that I just go oh I just I just want to close my eyes and put my head back and go oh yeah that's better you know it's just that it it is that connection because yep. as soon as I feel that, I feel it, I think that's the key word, as soon as I feel that connection, I then go, ah, yeah, there it is. Like, there it is. Yeah, I get I get it now. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Get and get, I mean, get what, but it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, whatever it does to you, that's that's what it needs to do. And then it's just yeah. that, you know, how good does it feel like a, fluffy grass under your feet or oh. just putting your toes in the warm sand and just shaking them or even like muddy soil like it's just such a good feeling that <laughs> how how bad it is that we don't get to experience that on the regular and it's just something so little so simple that can bring so much joy into our lives as you said you as soon as you you feel that it's just kind of like a release like you unload everything onto the ground and just let it seep through and it goes away mm-hmm. so it's it's a very easy way to connect back to nature and yeah people sometimes wear shoes all the time get their shoes off put their slippers on and never ever get into that not never ever like rarely get into that easy way of of connecting earth with earth so it's just that grounding feeling Mm, yeah i love that feeling the elements and let them let them connect with with Mm. your human essence you know yeah and we've got we've all got different ways to feel we can feel through our sight we can feel through our smell we can feel through our um, hearing and um, this morning I did a wildlife show at a shopping center and it's so beautiful because at the moment due to certain restrictions I actually get a nice personal little group so I think I had around about 16 or 17 kids and we sat in a circle on the floor and um, all the parents sat on the outside of the kids and I said to the kids I said to them uh, when I got the bird out I said how do you find birds well, you, you look, you look in the trees, you do this. And I said, I'm going to tell you a secret. I said, you can find birds with your eyes closed. And they all just kind of went, what? Like, cannot. And so just for a couple of minutes, I got them to sit there. But when I, when I described this to them, I said, I want you to do a special thing this afternoon. I want you to go home in your backyard. Let's just start with your backyard or maybe you're going to the park this afternoon with the dog. I want you to take your shoes off. I want you to sit in the ground, whether it's dirt, it's it's a, a rock or whatever, like um, uh, or grass, and then with your bare hands, touch the earth and make sure your feet are, are flat on, on the ground as well. And I want you to close your eyes. 
And they all just automatically did this as I was describing it. And so I lowered my voice and the whole room was really quiet. And it just, you could just see all of the children just drop their shoulders and just go, oh, yeah. I, I know, I know what she's talking about. But, but they all, and, the, and their mouth opened a little bit and their head flipped back and they're just like, uh huh. And they're listening to my words. And I said, listen to the bird calls, listen to the trees. The trees are whispering to you, the, the wind through the leaves. And some of the kids are nodding and they're, they're, they, they know what I'm talking about. And I said, and all of a sudden you're going to feel stuff. You might even feel like crying or you might feel happy or you might be like, oh, this is so relaxed. And so all the parents were nodding their head as well. So hopefully this afternoon lots of people went and sat in the earth. But it it is just I think we need to be reminded mm. that it's not just about experiencing nature with our eyes. Because yes. as wildlife people like myself, I we we I used to do tours back in the early days, and people still relied on experiencing nature by what they saw. It's what you smell. It's what you hear. It's what it all then makes you feel. That's experiencing nature. Uh, and I don't know what you think, but um, that's what comes up to me or for for me all the time. As soon as I think about it, I'm in that place. I don't even have to be in it. I just think about it. Yeah, it's anchored. It's 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 a beautiful trigger. So yeah, what 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 do you think? Because you you're you are like well, we're a part of nature, and that's the line of work you're heading into too. Is that relationship between humans and and the um the the connection with nature for mental well being, um, and and so forth. So yeah, share a little bit about about that with us. Lizzie. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's another one of the gaps that I've, I've seen in the approach of protecting nature and healing, I think more than protecting nature, I'd like to call it like healing our relationship with it and mm. coming, coming back to, um, to that remembering. And for example, we, that's another thing. It's like, we see so many documentaries, so many movies, everything, and everything's so visual. So it's lacking a lot of what you just touched and, getting those all those emotions up there so that we can be really really reminded or really create recreate that experience of sitting in nature let's say on a rock next to a waterfall with all these elements around you all the smells and and what's happening um so it's it's very important especially now with all the technology that we have available and the way we can reach people uh, in every single corner of the world, we can combine all these things and create those experiences and create those resources that will allow people to remember what nature does to us or why is it so important to care and why is it that we are nature? It's not mm. two parts trying to coexist. It's like the same exact same thing. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, getting, you know, because as well, you see so many people going to to the Great Barrier Reef and they go, they see the beauty, they hear people talking about it and all the statistics and all this data and is is just information and we're overloading in information and on facts 
everywhere you turn around, like your phone, it's a constant flow of information. So sometimes the brain cannot hold that much. So as soon as you go back, you know, if someone comes from the middle of the country, as soon as they go back to the middle of the country, they go back into their lives where they are not reminded of the reef at all. So it's like, what is the feel? It's what, what stays, what kind of anchors that and what helps people switch things on and off. Now it's like, okay, now I understand the relationship of, of me and what I'm doing here in my house. How is it affecting that over there? Or now I understand why I'm feeling so stressed and so disconnected with myself because I haven't put my feet on the ground. I haven't heard the sound of water flowing in a natural uh, state. So all those little things that our busy lives just takes us, they take us away from, from that. And it's very, very easy to fall into that and not give ourselves that little bit of, of time. Even if it's, you know, 10 minutes a day, once a week, whatever you can do to, to put yourself in that state and then just whatever uh, nature, natural environment you have around. And it's, it's just mind-blowing all the benefits that, that it has. And once you, you sit there and you, you start feeling better and you see the benefits that it has for you, for your kids, for your family, then as well, it's something that's like, oh, okay, that's the reason why I need to, to care. That's why we need to protect. That's why we need to create this protected area where birds can do their thing in there and not be harassed. That's why we should not be building this on this other side of the road. All these things start start clicking because we as humans, we we are very smart, we're very intuitive, and we know what what's gonna work, what's not, what's gonna be the affection of something. Um, and it's just the the little subtleties that sometimes we get caught up in and not knowing the the journey, the path from A mm. to B. That's one of the things that I found in a lot of communities. As I said, a lot of them, they were like, something needs to change because our families are getting sick. We don't have enough food on our tables. Uh, the men are going for days on end, and sometimes they don't even come back trying to get food for the, our family. So what we're doing is not really working. We just don't know what to do. We What else can we do? We've done this for generations and generations, how can we step away from this while we're still trying to keep the wheel running? So mm. being able to put resources, not just information, but actual resources and tools in front of people, I think that is also very, very important. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Love that. And so what's next for you, Lizzie? What do you want? Like what are you, what are you trying to create or what have you created what do you want? Where do you see yourself? Yeah. So I think for a long time, I've been looking at this, uh, what I feel is a big gap, which is the communication between the people doing the work and in the front lines and doing the research and the information that the people just living their lives, doing their own thing that like mm. going there. So there's, that massive gap and I think we, we need a bridge. We need to be able to take all that terminology, take all those those resources, take 
everything that's being done and put it in front of the people that want to do something in a very easy to understand way. Because it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning, that if, if we overload someone, it can be like, that's too much, that I don't have time to get into all the, you know, like million statistics and the data and all that stuff. Or, you know, I, I have to pick up my kids. Don't stop talking to me right now. What can I do right here, right now, that it's going to get me into that? that. Mm. So I am creating content and getting writing uh, content for a lot of companies that are focused on wealth and um, wealth and health, well-being, environmentalism, sustainability, and incorporating a lot of uh, different elements where verbal communication is very important Um, and creating experiences where people can actually feel wherever you are, they can get that experience of being in nature. So for example, for me, mm. the ocean is my, the love of my life. Uh, and the first time that I went diving, it was just a life-changing experience. What you see on TV, it's beautiful. David Attenborough <laughs> makes a, a really great uh, job on, on replicating it. But once you're down there, it's a whole different thing it's just that like all the sensations the emotions the excitement everything that's mm. through your body so bringing experiences like that to people that don't have uh access to it and reminding them or um introducing them to 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 environments where they, they might not even know they exist somewhere in their life so it's creating that yeah i guess i would call it like an experience <laughs> yeah yeah, three words, three words. I I personally, as soon as you said all that, I was like, whoa, that's a massive job. That's like, that is huge. And I seriously, I take my hat off to you because that is, that's huge. Um, that's a, yeah, I'm so excited to see that come about. And, and like what you said, you know, David Attenborough does a great um, interpretation of it through his documentaries of what the Great Barrier Reef, as an example, is like. But until you're actually amongst it and you experience it yourself, each and every individual person's feelings at that particular time is what then will anchor themselves to then go on further and create change. Um, and then what they interpret from that. So you're pretty much bringing it out in these beautiful words for people to relate to is that is that correct in, in, in saying that yes 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 absolutely and mm. doing like yeah getting getting that information that sometimes it can be very square and theory based and mm. um uh academic that we, mm. we, we just don't <laughs> relate to it you know you 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 hear all those words, and sometimes it's like, "What? What did you try to say there?" <laughs> There's so much juice in it. Uh, so that's on one side. Also, there's a lot of people doing great things for the environment at the moment. Mm, um, there is, yeah. Yes, you are one of them, and there's so. Oh, thank you. So much that goes into it, and sometimes people don't realize it. How you know, like mm. passion. What I was saying at the beginning, the effort, everything that's that's 
put in, into projects and into even businesses that have products or services that are related with the environment. Um, and that needs to be showcased and that people need to know as well. So I think um, using words as well to, to get that information in front of people, it's a yeah passion of mine. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Uh, we hear a Love lot it. I'm so excited. Yeah, nothing is being done. It's like there's so much being done. There's so many people putting their lives into this. So it's 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 just for me it's like a, a very big thing to to get that bridge that gap. I love it. Mm. Bridge and and bridging that gap is definitely important and what is needed right now. I mean, um being in what is what are we in April 2021, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about a lot of things going on within our each individual person's reality and your reality is your reality. Um, and I think that's important to remember because yours can be completely different to even someone else who's, who's lives in the same house as each other. Um, so I think it's, it, it comes down to definitely respecting each and individual person's reality and what, how they see the world and what is going on and the uncertainty and what they believe or don't believe. And then from that, those, it's, it's, it's putting the resources in front of everybody for them to then make their um, individual choices moving forward. Uh, if you want, and it, it's a, it really does come down to a choice, if you want to go out into nature and experience it and feel it and anchor that for your mental health and well-being for the future, then knock yourself out. But if you don't, that's okay as well. Therefore, something else is going to attract that person. It could be your interpretation of, um, you know, within the content that you're going to create. It could be a documentary or it could be actually an experience that this particular person has on their own completely with nature and, and, and something to do with an animal. Who knows? Yeah. But it's, it is definitely what you're saying is bridging the gap, which, which is a massive thing that's, that's missing, is all that beautiful content in layman's term, in like why does it matter to humans, why does it matter to us, the normal general people, not academic. Um, you know, for example, I've been, I've been working with wildlife for quite some time and people who use scientific words to me, I actually don't know what they're talking about, yeah. even though I've worked with animals for 21 years yeah. because I do not need to know that as an interpreter myself, as a as an educator, I don't need to be teaching children that a black-headed python scientific name is this and this. It's like, great, who cares? Like, what does that even matter? Yeah. So, yeah. But I could talk to you forever and ever and ever about a lot of this stuff, Lizzie. Like, I know our conversation the other day was like an hour and a half, which is yes. such a beautiful conversation. And I would love to get you back um, sometime soon to be able to dive a little bit deeper in, into a few things. I've got pages of notes here and I would love to dive deeper into a few different um, things that you said. But also I would love to then see where, where you're at and what what has changed for you or what, what you have created and some of, some of the feedback from, from people as well. I think that'll be really cool. But I look forward to that. And I'm also going to get you to help me with some of my stuff as well. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm super looking forward to that. And I seriously love what you're doing. And it's so valuable and important. So it's um, really exciting to get to work with the people that are, are there doing the, the hard work. Mm out there and, and putting themselves in that position. So 
super exciting and yeah. just chat with you for hours. It, I know. I mean, there's so much about it that we could say so many things and the conversation mm. can go into so many directions as well. Mm. So, Well, if you could leave, if you could leave the audience right now with something for them to take away, mm. something that they can think about until ne your next visit, what, what would you like to say to them? I would love to remind everyone that connection that they have with nature and with them themselves, that that's where it all comes down to in this big task journey of working with the, the environment. It's just coming back home. That is the most important thing of, of it all. Once you, once you get there, then everything else starts making sense and it, it feels you're, you're driven to create those changes in your life. You're not, it doesn't feel like a, a hassle or a, a burden. It's something you do with, with its excitement and becomes even like a, a challenge. So I think that's, that's the, the, the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I do. Yes. Love it. Love it. Well, on that note, I hope everyone, take something from this beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Lizzie, for coming by and having a chat with me. Uh, you will be back and I know that there'll be lots of people with questions. So I will put all the information in the podcast notes of where they can find you and um, anything that they might want to connect with you about. They may even want you to help them with um, some of their content creation and um, interpretation um so yeah please make sure that you you hand over that information to me and I'll pass it on to everyone as well so thank you so much and I will be seeing you soon I believe not 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 too far away so I'm looking not forward to that far. as well yeah thank you so much <laughs> for having me this is this has been super fun and super enriching for me as well 